We can rise to the occasion. We can build this nation moving forward. All that we need, visionary leadership, people who love their people, people who love the citizens, people who love the country, and then we can rise. We can fly again. Hope Restoration Ministries, restoring hope to our world. Welcome to our broadcast. Enjoy. Thank you, my Father, for your glory that is in this place. Thank you for your anointing, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We thank you, my Father, for your presence in this morning, that you are here to meet us at our point of need, that you are here to minister to our discouraged hearts, that you are here to show yourself mighty and strong on our behalf, that you are here even this morning to exalt, oh God, those who are downcast, those who are depressed, those who are despairing, those who are dis rest in the name of Jesus. We honor your name. We glorify your name. We love you, O oh God. We honor your name in Jesus' name. And the church of Jesus said, amen and amen. Can we give this august great God a big hand praise as we take our seats? Hallelujah. The Lord is good. And all the time, even in such circumstances, He remains good. He remains God. He remains sovereign. He's in control. Amen. You're so good to see you. I'm not sure if I still have the ability of doing this. I've been out of this game for a while, a few weeks now, and almost two months. That is why you are so excited. So please, Let's keep the energy, you know, going. Hallelujah. If you want to make sure that I don't sleep on you, because during this time, a few days ago, I was sleeping. Make sure you give me those amen. So today, I would need those, you know, doses and doses of amen from you. Amen. So that you and I can benefit from what the Lord would want us to hear even this morning. So be greeted in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We missed you. There's no place like home. And home is you. Home is not the place, but home is its people. So we, we love you, we appreciate you, and we are glad to be back home. And happy Women's Month to all the victorious young women, the victorious matured women in the house. I hope you had a beautiful Women's Day the past Wednesday, even as you continue to run and to walk. And greetings to all the men of hope in the house. Hallelujah. We just want you to know this morning that you are appreciated. We appreciate you, we honor you, and we love you as well. And thanks, special thanks to the Makubos who served us beautifully the past Sunday. Can we just appreciate them? 
And Father, we thank you for that which you're about to do in this place, even through your word this morning. In Jesus' precious name, amen. So we continue this morning on our theme, fervent. And we said last week, to be fervent means you are extremely devoted or committed to someone or something. Not only that, but to be fervent is to be intense. You do everything with all that you have. It's to be zealous, to be passionate, to be enthusiastic or very hot or burning as well. It's to exhibit conviction, boldness, persistence, or endurance. And I believe if ever there was a time wherein as a body of Christ, as the church of God, we needed to be fervent, it is now. Especially in the culture that is so sick, the culture that we are living in. We need to stand and be bold and continue to stand and declare Christ Jesus is the only way to salvation and not be afraid of the consequences. The truth is, God doesn't appreciate apathy. God doesn't appreciate indifference. That is why he says in, the, in his word, I'd rather you be cold or hot, but because you are lukewarm, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. It shows that God doesn't appreciate lukewarmness. He doesn't appreciate half-heartedness. Those are my, my words. Go to the dictionary, you won't find such. But God doesn't appreciate indifference. That is why he even says, through the mouth of King Solomon, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. For in the grave where you are going, there is neither planning, working, or you don't even need wisdom. So whatever your hand finds to do here on earth, as if there is no tomorrow, that is being fervent. That is why the Lord God, Jesus himself says, love the Lord your God, not half-heartedly. But he says, with all of your heart, with all of your mind, and with all of your soul, with all, you do not reserve anything. You don't hold back, but you love him. But the sad truth is that the difficulties of life, the distractions of life, they drain our passion. Actually, that's the plan of the enemy. The enemy wants to dull the enemy wants to weaken our passion for God and our passion for life. It's no wonder some of us this morning, we have lost our passion. We are just going through the motion. Ah, I'm just going to church. David says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. You go there with such zeal, with such excitement, enthusiasm, because you, are no, you know you are not just going to any house, but you are going to the house of the Lord. And you know when you are in the house of the Lord, you are going to meet God there. How exciting is that? So you realize that passion 
is our cutting edge. Passion determines how we do things. Passion is the fuel in the engine of our purpose. Passion is our get up and go attitude. When you wake up, get up and go. Where the Lord is sending you and you go with such zeal. Passion drives us to pray persistently. Not only that, but passion keeps us going when we feel like quitting. Passion is the fire that keeps on moving amidst challenges. So I want us this morning to take a long, hard, and deep look at ourselves. And I want us to ask ourselves these five sobering questions. And please be honest. Be honest how you answer because you're answering within. At least I'm not saying tell your neighbor. <laughs> so you are safe. Let's go. The first one. Have I lost my passion? And I just simply going through the motions. Have I stopped responding to spiritual stimuli? Have I stopped responding to God's word with the same optimism, with the same excitement and obedience as I once did? Have the difficulties and the distractions of life seized my heart so much so that they have stolen my drive? Am I discouraged? Am I depressed? And am I despairing of life? Am I hopeless? And am I suicidal? If you have answered yes to any of those questions, that is why you are in the house of the Lord this morning. We are here to stand and believe God with you. That the Lord is going to heal you. That the Lord is going to resuscitate even that passion. That the Lord is going to ignite that passion that you have lost. That excitement for life. And the Lord is going to do away with that, those suicidal thoughts. The Lord is going to just pull them down in the name of Jesus. That's why I want to minister to you in the few minutes that is remaining under this subject. Unquenchable passion. Unquenchable fire. I want us to have that fire, that passion for the Lord that is unstoppable, that is unquenchable. The unquenchable passion that I'm talking about is the passion that prays on when prayer seems fruitless. The unquenchable passion that I'm talking about is the passion that forgives, that forges forward when life is tough. It forgives even when things don't make sense. It keeps on keeping on with a worthwhile cause. It gets up every time you fall. It stay on a course in a determined and purposeful way. That's the unquenchable passion that I'm talking about. Many of us this morning, I believe we are familiar with the Cape Runaway Fires or Cape Wildfires that destroys 
hectares and hectares of land annually because they are wild and because they are running so fast and they are uncontrollable and at times unquenchable. And many of us, we know of lives that have been lost because of these wildfires. We know of properties, houses, you know, that have been lost and destroyed by the same wildfire. That is why my prayer this morning is for all of us to have such a passion, to have such a fire for God that is unquenchable, that is uncontrollable, like they cape wildfires. Because those fires are not controllable and they are unquenchable. And I am praying may the zeal of God consume us this morning and burn within our souls like a driving force that cannot be stopped, like a fire that cannot be quenched. Like David says, that the zeal for God and his house burns hot within me. And that's what we are praying for even this morning as we go for the main text. The scripture of the day, Acts chapter 4, we are reading from verse 5 to 31. I need to bring an echo. And we've not been reading the scriptures with me. So she's back. Look at your neighbor and say she's back. She's not going to read all the dirty verses. Praise God, actually, it's 31. But I'm just going to skip some of them. So we're going to read chapter 4 of Acts from verse 5 to 31, skipping some verses. And I'll make sure that I read quickly. This is after Peter and John, after they've been flogged for preaching in the name of Jesus and healing that lame man. This is what the Bible says in, verse, in chapter 4 from verse 5. And it came to pass on the next day that their rulers, elders, and scribes and other leaders were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, by what power or by, by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, and I want you to highlight that one, said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you have crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. And he continued to say, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And that's one thing that the culture is fighting this day and age, to say there are other names, to say there are other ways. But we stand with Peter even this morning and we say there is no other name given unto men by which others can be saved or men can be saved. Now verse 13, when they saw the elders and the scribes, when they saw the boldness, you remember we said when you are fervent, you exhibit boldness that is unprecedented. And the Bible says when they saw, they saw boldness. Can you see boldness? But they saw it. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, they didn't lean upon their education because they didn't have any. And untrained men, they marveled 
And they realized, and I want us to, to underline this one, and they realized that they had been with Jesus. The way how you do things. Do they realize? Verse 18. So they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. You can teach in any other name. You can say whatever through whatever name, but not the name of Jesus. So they reprimanded them and they warned them never to speak, never to teach, never to preach in that name. But Peter and John answered, bold men, and they said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you tell us, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. And I'm thinking maybe the reason why some of us, we don't speak about that name is because we've never seen anything. But the question this morning is, what is it that you have seen that makes you stand beyond all the odds, against all the odds, against, you know, all the threats that they are giving unto you to say, I cannot but speak the things that I have seen and the things that I have heard. The thing is, some of us, we've seen. We've seen the goodness of the Lord. We've seen the mercies of the Lord. That is why when I stand, I do not stand because I am wise. I do not stand because I can speak to you, but I speak because I've seen him. When I was not deserving of his love, when I was not deserving of his grace, when man had written me off, the Lord showed up. The Lord showed off. The Lord graced. The Lord anointed. The Lord sanctified. The Lord sustained. The Lord kept. I cannot but speak the things that I have seen and the things that I have heard. What have you seen, child of God? What have you heard that makes you to stand and say, if it calls for me to be killed, so be it. But I cannot but speak of what I have seen and what I have heard. 21, so when they had further threatened them, they let them go. 23, and being let go, they went to their own companions. And the question this morning is, who are your friends? Who are your companions? Some of us, we lack zeal. We are so indifferent because we are surrounded with indifferent, apathetic, nostalgic, feet-dragging people. But the conference, and being let go, they went to their companions and reported what all the chief priests and elders had said to them. So when they heard this with their companions, they raised their voices to God. Good companions this way. They raised their voices to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made the heavens and the earth. And they started to, you know, recite scriptures. And then verse 29, they said, Lord, now Lord, look on the threads and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. They didn't pray, Lord, 
Can you stop the opposition? Can I just give you breaking news that I said? Oppositions will never stop. For as long as we are in this wicked world, that is why these men, they said, Lord, grant your servants boldness to continually forge forward, to be fervent preaching your word against such oppositions. And the Bible says, and when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled, all filled with the Holy Spirit. This is what I'm praying for. Even this morning, may you fill your church, oh God. All of us. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. May the Lord bless this, the reading of his word in the name of Jesus. These were fervent disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe we as a church, the body of Christ, we need to produce such fervent disciples. Disciples who would understand that there are so many odds are stacked up against us. That is why we are not going to be nice and say, you know, this is how we do church. Pastor I'm sorry. I know I am soft-spoken. Mina, naturally, if you know me, those who know, they know. I like keeping to myself. I like my privacy. I don't like publicity. But because I understand the world that we are living in currently, I told myself, I'm just going to act out of character for the sake of the advancement of the kingdom of God. Because we don't need indifferent people. Yes, we want you to be kind. But I don't want you to be nice in the face of the enemy and say, Satan, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. Ah, Etina, we are Africans. When we pray, we pray until we shake. I mean, I'm an African girl. This is how I wage war. Ah, Enaman. I'm an African, and I'm not going to apologize about it. When I sing, I sing with passion. When I dance, I don't even dance out of tune. I don't dance out of tune. When you look at me, call me crazy. The zeal of the Lord has consumed my heart. All right. When I don't finish, I'm not preparing to come back next Sunday. I need to rest before a conference. And it looks like I'm not going to finish because you. No, 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 Stan Sam. Before we before we go to then how do we ignite that unquenchable? passion and fire within us, I want us to look at three critical elements of fire. How I wish I didn't 
run away from school when I was doing chemistry. <laughs> Maybe I'll just impress you with some, you know, bombastic words and just what you combustion and and but because and then I said I God let's rather do this the Bible thing hey this chemistry thing hey make it for you joy please continue hallelujah so the three critical elements that we need to keep the fire stable the first one is the heat or the spark or the catalyst that starts the fire and I want you to keep this in mind as we go through uh, with the points how to reignite that unquenchable passion. So we said we need the heat, the spark, or the catalyst. Students, heat, spark, catalyst. Okay, the second one, fuel, or fuel or fuel. Depends on where you're coming from, fuel. Which is the wood, the oil or the gas. Or something that bends for the fire to keep going. The third thing that you need. Students, I said the heat. The second thing, fuel. The third thing, the wind. And they would say the wind that brings oxygen to the fire. And that oxygen keeps the fire burning. So we said the heat, the fuel, and the wind. Let's go for it. When these three are stable, then that fire becomes stable and unquenchable. So how then do you ignite an unquenchable passion? The first thing, you need to be surrendered to Jesus Christ, the creator of all things. The Bible says he created all things. By him, all things were created and they were created for him. So you understand that if you are saved, you need to submit yourself fully to him. Allow him to have full authority over your life. And if you are here this morning and you are not saved, this is the day of your salvation. You need to say, Lord Jesus, I give you my heart. I give you my life. Be the Lord and be the Savior of my life. Understand this. Remember we spoke about the heat and we are saying Christ is that catalyst. That's, that's the unquenchable fire. And the chemistry teachers, they will tell you that the catalyst in within, you know, when you mix the catalyst with whatever uh, 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 elements that you want, you know, to, to react to each other. The catalyst just caused them to react, but it is not changed. So Christ is that catalyst that sparks the fire. And the good thing is that even though he has sparked the fire, even though he comes to rescue you, he's not sin sinful because he came. He doesn't carry that sin that he's taking you out of. He's just the catalyst just to begin that fire, to begin to start that passion within you. That is why the Bible says in Colossians 1.17, Christ is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Not only is he a catalyst to that fire, but he makes sure that he sustains that passion. He sustains that life because he is the giver and the sustainer of life. That is why Peter says, let it be known to all, of you, that by the name of Jesus Christ, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before us all. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. That is why we are saying, if you are not saved, this is your opportunity to be saved. And I know you are going to get saved this morning. 
and those of us who are saved, let's continue to submit under him because in him all things hold together. The second thing, he's the heat Christ. He's the catalyst. He starts the fire. The second thing that we need to do, we need to spend time in the word. The Bible says in the beginning was the word. The word was God and the word was with God. Christ is that word. So not only are we saying spend time studying the word, but we are saying spend time with Christ. And when you stand, spend time with Christ, not only are you spending time in the word, but you are spending time in praise. You are spending time in worship. You are spending time in prayer. You are spending time listening to what God and Christ has to say to you. So you spend time in the word who is Christ. And then you spend time in the word which is the word of the Lord. Peter and John, that's what they did. You see them even going beyond what Christ has said to them. To say, this is the Christ whom you have crucified because they knew the word. Not only that, but they spent time with the word. The Bible says Christ preached the gospel and he explained, he clarified the gospel with his 12 disciples because he spent more time with them. Could it be the reason why we are not full of the word? It's because we don't spend time with the word. And this morning I'm saying, if you want your passion to be sustained, if you want your passion to be reignited, you need to go back to spending time with the word, in the word, in prayer, in fellowship with Christ. And that would sustain your passion. Because spending time in the word and with the word fuels and keeps the fire burning. That feeds our spiritual passion. We don't, you know, stop burning because we are spending time with the word, in the word, praying to the word, for the word to be made manifest in our lives. We wait upon the word. We stand upon the promises because we know those promises. We stay in the promises of the Lord. We stand upon the promises of the Lord and we spend time with Christ. Great peace have those who love your law. Do you have great peace? And nothing can make them stumble. Some of us, we are stumbling because we don't love the word and we do not love the law of Christ. Mark 3, 14. Christ appointed 12 that they might be with him. Bamba, as Mfundis would say, they be with him at first. And then he sends them. The sad reality of our day, Utitina, we are sending people <laughs> who have never spent time. By <laughs> And they are, they are preaching nonsense. Baba, I'm the nice girl like that. If I was from somewhere, I would say nonsense. Nonsense. <laughs> they are preaching nonsense and abasens. It's because they have never spent time with him. They are just running with whatever they think is right. Let's therefore spend time with Christ in the word so we may reflect him. That is why when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, 
and they perceived the diamond, these people are and they're untrained. They marveled because they realized that they have been with Jesus. So you may not see it, but being with Jesus makes you to reflect him, makes you to look like him, conform to his image, like the book of Romans 28 says. The last one, I'm glad I did so well. I'm not coming back next Sunday. All right, yo, this is not easy. Doing this is not easy. Pastor Makuba, can you testify? Amen. <laughs> so we need to keep being filled with the Holy Spirit. And I've, I've chosen those words, keep. It's like daily. As often as you need it. Those of us who are driving cars, those of us who know how, car, who knows how cars are, uh, uh, operate, we know what car eating a petrol or fuel or fuel. You put that fuel. It overflow. By shake. By shake, by shake. But as soon as it leaves the garage, the filling station, it And some of us, the last time we were filled, it's donkey years ago. Because we are thinking, as long as I'm baptized, then I don't need his infilling. And this morning, I'm here to change that theology and say the reason why you are running on empty, the reason why the engine is even complaining, the reason why you can't even do what you are supposed to do, is because you are running on empty. That is why you need to continually go to the feeding station and say, fill me up till I and then you meet the issues of life. And then Zivali is calm. And then you feel low again. And then you go back to him again and say, Feel me. Because the Holy Spirit is that wind, the wind of the Spirit that keeps the fire burning, that feeds oxygen into your fire, into your, your passion, so that you may continually run and never grow weary because he fills you. He ignites that passion, that fervor within you. It is the Holy Spirit, remember, who ignited the passion that began in Jerusalem. You remember when, when they were at the upper room, the Bible says the wind blew, the tongues of fire came, and they began speaking in other tongues because he was in. But it didn't stop there. He continually fills his church even today. If there's one thing that I appreciate about Evangelical Pete, this movement keeps going. Check the other movements. Keeps going because the Holy Spirit, I believe, is still lifting up His people just to recite the within them. The Bible says, and God drank wine and filled with the Spirit. So, you know, you cannot hide being drunk. 
alcohol when you drink, you get in how you behave. You'll be different. Out of character. Out of character. And you're thinking, what's up? Don't get I begin to walk different. I speak different. I want to learn. Bye-bye. 